fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Thursday Night CrossFit Talk. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Jamie Latimer, and we are so excited um, for our community spotlight this week to have Helen Taylor with us. Thank, thank you for coming on, Helen. Thank you for having thank you for me. Having I'm me. excited to be here. So you run Core City CrossFit Kids in Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Yes. And what's so ironic is you have been on our channel before uh, with one of our partner podcasts, Type One Lifting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I went back and I listened to that episode uh, to see what all this was about. And actually, one of our listeners wrote in and suggested we have you on as part of the community spotlight. So here you are. We're so excited to have you. Well, I'm excited to be here. I am thankful for every opportunity that I have to be able to talk about the kids and this program. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. So when you were on with Tom, what was interesting was you were talking about how you had started a kids program south of Detroit, and then you moved later in life and wanted to do again, but it didn't, it didn't have that organic beginnings like you had uh, in the previous location. Right. So can you walk us through kind of that process? You moved and you wanted to start this up and how it, it didn't get off the ground as anticipated. Right. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, you sound awesome. All right, good. Um, so when what I found what I found to be uh, very uh, surprising, and I, it's hard for all of us who are in the CrossFit community, the CrossFit world, to really understand this and believe it. But when I went to Detroit, um, I couldn't get any kids to come to the program. Um, I found that not a lot of people had had even heard of CrossFit knew what it was. I went to uh, high schools. I went to elementary, middle schools. I talked to athletic directors, coaches. Um, most of them had not heard of CrossFit at all. And I found that to be very surprising. So I knew at that point I had an uphill battle ahead of me to, to try to, to introduce um, something that nobody's heard about. They don't understand it. So why would they come? Um, and those who had heard about it felt like it was something that was unattainable to them, that it was something uh, more for people who were um, financially more affluent, that it wasn't something that most people could afford. So they just kind of dismiss it um, because of that. So one of the things that I really wanted to learn is why were you, why were you trying to do this in Detroit? Was there was there an end goal to this? Was it a community that needed uh, a CrossFit Kids program for some reason? Well, I knew that after COVID that the kids in Detroit had been in quarantine the longest. So 
it was uh, COVID really, really hit um, the black community pretty severe. And the kids in that community were at home the longest, um, missing out on sports, missing out on physical fitness. And um, I had, you know, grow, I grew up in Detroit. So I, I felt like it was something that I um, needed to do and wanted to just use my experience and, and use my love of CrossFit and my love of kids to, to try to make a difference and, and, you know, just get kids out of the house and, 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 and just, you know, try to get fit and, and, and healthy again. So I don't know if you know this, but Jamie is a fellow Michiganian. Is that, is that even <laughs> Michiganian? Michi- yeah. So what part of Michigan? I'm in the Lansing area. Oh, great. Okay. So not too far. No. And I would totally agree. I like, I'm so interested in everything that you do. Like I would love to get more of a kid's following. Um, but I would totally agree. Like people around here just do not know what CrossFit is. It's, it's strange to me. Like, I quite honestly, I, we're not a CrossFit gym. You, I know you are, we're a level method gym and maybe that's part of it. Um, but like even my gym members, like don't like don't know who Pat Bellner is and I'm like dude what the heck yeah yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I who's I get Matt that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um it, it, that's huge I mean I when I went and got uh got my level two uh CrossFit certification I remember mentioning this to the man that the coach that was putting on um you know, the, the, the level two and telling him about this. And, and I remember his reaction was very surprised. Like what? Nobody's heard of, they, these kids have not heard of CrossFit. So uh, I'm like, like, I was surprised too, but I was, I mean, it was just an eye opener. Um, but now these kids know CrossFit and we are um, really trying to um, spread that around the community. And it's very exciting. That's so awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's probably like the hardest thing I've done. And, uh, and I've been teaching kids and coaching for over 30 years. And this is the hardest thing I've done, but the best thing I've done. Um, so both, (laughs) it's like banging my head up against the wall, but like being super happy at the same time. Uh, It is truly rewarding to see the kids like for sure. Yeah. These kids are great too. I mean, they're they're just amazing. So I'm they're gonna great. pull up. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna talk. Keep babbling talk. on. So one of the coolest part of the story for me was there was a teacher friend of yours that kind of tooted your horn for you, um, that actually got the ball rolling with a school district, and then they they gave you a tryout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it was. It was the story is that I was actually out on the street passing out flyers to parents picking up their kids after school. And then the school came out and told me I wasn't allowed to pass out flyers to the kids because they had to be approved prior. They didn't know what I was passing out. So they stopped me and took all of my flyers and said, well, we'll take them and we'll give them uh, to the principal and we'll let you know. Well, three months went by and I didn't hear anything. 
So one day this teacher comes in with a stack of flyers and says, um, I want to know what this is about. And, you know, how come we didn't, we, you know, we didn't hear about this sooner. And she said, I found these papers. So I want to know what this is about. Um, and the teachers actually um, put in their money to actually start them to, you know, to come to the class. And that was before I became a nonprofit. So the teachers all pitched in money so the kids can come over after school and do CrossFit. Um, so that's how it all started. So it was, it was, she's an amazing teacher too. So you, when you started this, there was, it, you, you said you weren't a nonprofit. So there was no like idealistic view of this when you first started, but as it developed, it became that. Yeah. Well, I was, I was trying to figure out, I don't want teachers paying for, you know, students to come to my class and parents, uh, especially in the area that I'm in, um, it's not something that's um, very easy for them to do. So I thought um, if I can, if I become a nonprofit, then I can offer this for free. And that's what, that's what I've done. So the kids can come uh, train with me and take CrossFit classes for free. They don't pay anything. That's incredible. Yeah, it, it is. It's been a, it's an, a, been an amazing year, you know, to, to have all of this transpire. So did you look at other programs that were going on in the country or did you do this all through your own investigation? Well, it, it kind of just unfolded. I mean, I've been doing CrossFit kids programs for a while and I, um, I have an extensive martial art background and I've been coaching uh, martial arts for most of my life. Um, so I knew what I wanted to do. It just was, how do I do it with, you know, without them paying anything? And, you know, at first it was, you know, um, like I said, at first it was the teachers, you know, pitched in money for the kids to come. And then um, I talked to the owners of the gym that I coach at, which is Core City, um, and asked them how, you know, if, if I could, you know, take up some space and start this program. And I started with nothing. I mean, I started, um, you know, basically going online and seeing if people would sponsor a child. And then I would ask our own members if someone wanted to sponsor a child um, to take CrossFit. And basically that's how it started. You know, just asking people for, you know, I, uh, any business owners I knew, I'd approach them and say, hey, you know, are you able to donate some money? I'm trying to start this program. These kids really need it. Um, and, and how, you know, can you help me start it? And and I'm, I'm still doing that, still asking people for money to do it. Uh, so, yeah, that's how it started. So, and, and it, in the story that you were talking with Tom, it was like you'd have an idea about getting all of your kids' backpacks yes. for school that were coming in the summer. And so you asked people for donations, and every, everybody over-donated. Yeah. To the point where then you tried to give a backpack to every kid in the school. And we actually did. It, this was like remarkable. People are just amazing. Um, and the CrossFit community is amazing um, because I put something out on social media wanting uh, my kids, my students, to get a brand new backpack and school supplies and if people would donate. 
And then all of a sudden it just escalated um, and it blew up. And we ended up with over, I think, 317 backpacks. Um, so yeah, we were able to give a backpack with school supplies to every student at the, uh, that it, it's, a, it's a charter school, elementary and middle school age. I think it goes up to eighth grade. Um, we were able to give every, every kid uh, a backpack. So, and so pretty incredible. What, what age kids are you working with? Um, eight through um, 16. Is, um, I take third graders all the way through eighth, maybe some ninth graders too. Um, and basically I did that based on my, um, my strengths as a coach. I'm not, um, I'm not a, a, a little kid's um, type of coach, you know, like with kindergartners, first grade, like playing games and stuff like that. That's just not my strength. I tend to want to teach and be more serious, have fun with the kids. But so I just basically came up with that age group just based on my own abilities as a coach and, and my own desires, basically. And so my next question is, how much of your teaching is physical and how much is it you being a mentor? Oh boy. I don't know if I'm, I mean, I hope I'm a mentor, but um, I don't think about that as much. I basically, I want to, um, I, I want them to learn. I want them to, to come in. So my class is pretty much very similar to a typical adult CrossFit program, a class that you would do at your affiliate. Um, you know, the kids come in, we sit at the whiteboard. Um, we start at the whiteboard. I go over the workouts with them. We do a warm up. We do a skill. I do a wad with them, and then we'll finish with some competitive game. Uh, we finish with food, and you know, I mean, we do have talks. You know, we do. Um, you know, I try to bring in some good, you know, um, talks about leadership and integrity, and um, you know, honesty, things that you know, um, getting along with each other. I mean, things like that. That that come up or things that I see that I feel are on my heart and that are important for me to convey to the kids, I'll bring that up and, and, you know, talk to them. Um, but I mean, I hope I'm a mentor. I hope that they, you know, um, you know, can, can see something good there outside of just a coach. Um, but I kind of think they're integrated. You know, I think they're just part of the, the same, right? I mean, it's kind of like you're a coach, but it's who I am. So it's, you know, just like, you know, you guys know, you know, um, you know, in your own lives and your own, you know, it was, you see your own coaches and people that you look up to for whatever reason. You know. Well, and, and we know as adults, when you suffer together, it, it, it bonds you together in yeah. a way that you share more, right? Yeah. You trust these people. They're out there working right alongside of you. And I, I just picture in my mind that that happening with the kids as well. Yeah, it, it does. We, uh, we've learned a lot um, through uh, the CrossFit workouts about suffering, about community, about um, integrity and counting reps, helping each other. Um, when someone's left behind or someone is struggling, how do we handle that? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of... Um, you know, great lessons in every class 
that you could take off that's just not not fitness related but can be you know i mean it's just so much more it is so when i pulled up your instagram there were pictures of police officers working out with the kids uh how did that happen well, that, that's going to make me cry um, because that to me is the probably the uh, most important thing that has happened um, to me, um, to the community and to the kids. It, is, it was um, just a chance. Um, I was at the gym uh, working out by myself. Um, my workout partner and I were working out in um, a police, our, our patrol officer. We have uh, Detroit has different pol- uh, patrolling officers that are assigned to each little city. And we had a new guy, I guess, that patrolled Core City. Core City's our district in Detroit that we're in. So he stopped by the gym one day um, wanting to introduce himself and just said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, Officer Lamar Harris. I'm, you know, patrolling this area. If you guys need me, you'll see my car around. Uh, I want to get to know everybody in the community. So I'm, you know, just welcoming and introducing myself. And I happened to say to him, you know, I run a kids program. I'd love for you to come by and talk to the kids. And I didn't really think he was going to do it. He said he would love to. And I'm like, oh, sure, I'm never going to see this guy. Well, he came that same afternoon. You know, I gave him the times. He came back. And the most incredible thing happened. The kids were, first of all, afraid, upset, and confused. And they kept asking me, they're like, Coach Helen, why is he here? What does he want? Are we in trouble? What did we do? Um, and I, I don't want this guy here. And they were giving me attitude and they were giving him dirty looks. Um, so we, him and I thought this is a great opportunity for us to kind of talk about why you feel the way you do and why um, are you having this response to him? So it, we, he sat down, we sat him down and, and we actually asked the kids questions and he addressed their questions. Um, address their fears and uh, just, it was, we spent the whole time doing this and it was incredible. Um, the things that they were able to talk about and, and discuss openly and get out in the open. And um, he asked me if he could come back and the kids took a little while to warm up to him, but he's there every class. He comes in every Monday, Wednesday, um, he's there for the whole time. He has permission from the chief of police to do this. Um, he's marked out, like with the dispatchers, but if there's an emergency, obviously he goes, you know, he has to leave. Um, but he's in full tactical gear, just like he normally is. And um, we just thought it's best to have him in his natural state and how what he normally does. And and be able to interact the kids the way, you know, uh, he see, you know, they see him if they were to see him on a street doing his job. Um, so it has been incredible. And then he's brought in sergeants and other police officers to come in and be a part of the program as well. So it's, it's amazing. He's a great guy, just great. He loves the kids and they love him. He works out with them. He like, tries to compete with them and pushes them like, show me what you got. How many push? Can you do more than I do? You know, that kind of stuff. And they love it. They're like, Oh, I'm going to try to beat officer Harris. 
but they so, see him and they run up to him and hug him and the boys too all of them they like love him so Corey, Corey, one of our listeners said that's one hell of a teachable moment and it, i had good bumps with you telling me that story um so that, that's I, amazing. I, every time i think about it i i i, I get all emotional because it's changing the narrative between the youth of Detroit, the black community and police officers, law enforcement officers. It's something that um, that is just been remarkable to see a change take place. And it only I mean, it, it starts. I, I say this all the time to my kids. I, there's an ancient Chinese proverb that says it only takes one grain of rice to tip the scales. And I always tell them that we are that one grain of rice, or you may be that one grain of rice that tips something to go in the right direction versus the wrong direction. You know, something positive instead of something negative. So we could, we could be that one grain of rice, you know? And that's how I feel about this whole um, situation with the police you know, officers, that, that one grain of rice is changing or starting a change that could, you know, trickle out in other communities as well. Yeah. Our listener, Kenneth says, all it takes is time and attention and positive role models. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So how many kids do you have coming to your classes now? Oh my goodness. Right now um, we've, um, I started the after school kids program. We were at 40 kids. Um, so I am uh, busting out of our location. And so Monday starts our summer program. And um, we're, I, we're, I have to cap it at 27. Uh, we're, tr we're gonna do a, something a little different this summer um, that we, the, other than how we did it over the school year. So I was able to get a little bit more kids during the school year. Um, I'm gonna try to focus more a little bit um, you know, just some changing things up for the summer. So I have to kind of curtail the, um, the kids, but 27 signed up for summer with a wait list. Wow. So, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I had 40 all school years. That was crazy. So I know that we missed your competition where you raised money for your program. Yes. But is there any way that our audience can help out? Oh my um, goodness. I know your GoFundMe account was still active. Yes, it still is. And I think they're going to be mad at me because I haven't, like, I think, I don't know how long you have. I don't know any, I mean, I'm learning as I go. Like, there's all this kinds of stuff I have no clue about. And I'm, you know, asking for help. But I think it is still open. Um, what I am raising money for is I need to expand. So I need to add more classes. Um, I pay for gym space. Um, and so the money goes for that, um, the money that I'm trying to raise. And then also um, any, the money that I get is any needs that I see that kids have, shoes, clothes, food, anything that we see that these kids need or their families need, I try to um, help out. I don't pay myself. I never have, and I don't plan to. Um, it's not that's not what this nonprofit is about. It is really about the kids in the community. So um, I'm also thinking I may need um, like a bus, like, you know, to buy like a used, uh, some kind of like transportation vehicle because 
Um, several, uh, a good amount of my kids don't have um, transportation. So um, it means me picking kids up and uh, taking them home. And then I don't, oh, I don't have a big car. So I'd have to probably buy something to, you know, be able to manage more kids coming back and forth. So that's another thing. So I want to stay in touch, Helen. Um, Jamie's up there in Lansing. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so I'm not that far either. Come visit. I love visitors. And so I would love to come up with a camera and, yeah, and highlight yeah. what you guys are doing. I would um, love that. In addition to that, like I want to, I want to help support you. So stay in touch with what you need, and and we'll talk about it on the show going forward. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, have anybody, any contacts with shoes. I mean, my kids could use like shoes, like tennis shoes, gym shoes. Like if we, you know, I mean, I don't know. I've, it's, I've had a hard time getting through like to Reebok or Noble. None of those companies have ever responded back to me. I mean, they don't know me. I don't, I get it, you know. But if anybody knows anybody at anywhere, like Rich Froning, if you know someone at Reebok, send my kids shoes. They need shoes. <clears throat> So the one thing we're good at relationships on this show, um, we will see what we can do. That would be I, awesome. if we can find an apparel company or something. Um, Rogue's right here in Columbus. Yes, you know, Rogue. We need. Um, I tag them too all the time, and and I, it's just again, I'm a little, I'm a little fish in a big pond, a big lake, you know, and it's it, it's hard to trust people and know, you know, obviously they don't know me. I get it. But check out the program and they could come see what we're doing. It's, it's amazing. It's real. And these kids are real, you know, and these kids need stuff, you know. So, so I'll tell you what, as soon as the games are over, because we're, we're kind of focused on getting to them, when those are over in like August, early September, I'll come up to Detroit. We'll film some stuff. I would love um, it. We'll do a documentary on it. All right. And Jamie, you better Jamie. be with them. Yeah, right. I'll be there. All right, yeah. I want to see you. <laughs> you look amazing. Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Masters. We're all masters in this podcast, but you, you two are both competitive masters athletes. Oh, two. I'm a wannabe. I'm, I'm just a wannabe, but thank You're you. You're legit. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and be able to share the story. Thank you. Um, it means the world to me. I appreciate you guys. So what I'm going to do is um, after the show tonight, I'm going to send you my phone number. Okay. If there's anything you ever need, um, I'll put it out on the, on the show going forward. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. It means the world to me. Now, how do I, is this like, how can I share this on my, uh, so I will, I, will, I mean, we're live, will, right? So okay. And tag you in it all when we're okay. done. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. See, uh, we're, we're live right now. So, um, but with just that, forget all that I said, <laughs> it's all good. We, we let our listeners behind the curtain. All right. Sounds good. I that, appreciate that. We'll let you get on with your evening and we'll stay in touch. I'll send you my all right, number. Thank you. I appreciate you both. Thanks again. Yeah. All right. Thank take you. care. All right. Bye. bye. Okay. Wow. So cool. I just that, love it. That was way more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Um, and now yeah. all I want to do is help. I know. So, 
Um, yeah, we got to figure out a way to get to Detroit and see what mm-hmm. we can do. Um, that story of the officer and taking out his own time to come do that and to, uh, my gosh, I'm going to cry. Like that is, yeah. that is, we need a whole lot more of that in this world. Mm-hmm. Detroit needs that desperately. I, that's really awesome. Yeah. So with that, I guess we'll move into more silly stuff uh, and our CrossFit talk. Um, first of all, catching up with you, you've had a busy week. I've had a pretty busy week. Well, so what's yeah. going on? Um, well, I selected to work with Tristan Patrick with the Sen, so he's my coach, and I have done my almost full week programming now with him. Um, started Monday. It's been great. And so we, you and I, since we did the documentary in your house, we've been talking about what it would take for you to make the games next year. Yeah. And so the first step that you've taken is you've hired a coach mm-hmm. and, um, and that process was not an easy process for people. And we don't need to get into the details, of that, but, but to figure out what was the right fit for you was, was not an easy, easy process. But you've Not done it. Yeah. So, so you and Kelly Baker are going to be hanging out now? Yeah, hopefully. My fleal buddy. Um, so, yeah, um, Tristan, who was just on the show two weeks ago, um, is now your, your full-time coach. Yep. And I hope he's ready. Get <laughs> Jamie to the games. Yeah. All right. Well, with that... Um, let's get into our men's rankings for this week. Last week we did the women. And if we have time at the end of the show, we'll go back to the women because I got complaints on the audio broadcast that we didn't do a very good job reading off our list. So people were lost on where we had people ranked. So this week we're going to read through the lists. I know you people on YouTube will be able to see the graphic, but the people on Spotify and iTunes do not. So we've got to read through the list for them. Right. And mind doing that at all. I will say, just like last week, this was hard. This may have been harder. I think uh, so too. But at least what's cool is now we have a list done and now we just can tweak and modify as we move forward. Yeah. Right. So, and another huge shout out to Holly Dugan, um, who I could not have done this list without her. She is our researcher now. I don't know if she knows that she's fully our, our researcher now, but in my opinion, she is our full-time researcher uh, mm-hmm. because it is amazing. And I will tell you, the thing that I used the most this week was she compiled everybody who qualified for the games and, and gave us like 27 columns that we could sort yes. on. Um, but one of those columns was average. So it was like they all competed together. She yes. combined event scores into one spreadsheet. And what I, what I did is I sorted on average finish with right beside that, their highest placement and their lowest placement. And that's kind of what I used to just start the list. And then as after I started, then I moved and tweaked things based on my opinion, my eyes, and my heart. 
how did, did, did you do something similar, Jamie? Or? Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I told you guys, I went with my heart more so on the women. You'll see when we go through the men, I, tr- I tried to rein that in a little, like, and use like some gut or, and look, look, use a little more of Holly's research in place. But I actually, I think we're a little bit more different this time. So I don't know where the, we are where the heck. Until we get to the end of this thing. And then what is uncanny is how similar we are. And you and I did not discuss our lists nope. before you yep. submitted them to me and I created the graphic. Right. So they were all done separately. And when we, you get to the end of this, it's going to be crazy how on point we were and yet not like everybody else in the space. True. So yeah. we're going to start 30, 40 to 31. And I'm going to add that graphic now. Here we go. So I will start with Jamie. Jamie went 40th. Maretza Segat. Uh, Michael Wesolowski, which I always want to say Michael Wesolowski. Um, mm-hmm. Kaylin Souza in 38th. Arthur Semenoff in 37th. 36th with Jason Smith. 35, Fabian Benito. 34, Keiki Cerveni. Kaike. Kaike Cerveni. Uh, 33, James Sprague. Dude. Um, and 32, Jake Douglas. 31, my guy. Jack Farlow, one of my favorites. I know. I like him too. For me, 40th was Jason Smith. 39th was Maretza Sagat. Then Michael Wesolowski, uh, Fabian Benito, Arthur Semenoff, Kalen Souza, 35th. 34, Bronislav Olinkowitz. Uh, 33, Jake Douglas. 32, Bailey Martin. And 31, Keike Cerveni. So... Any overall thoughts? I you already have Bruce going. What what James, my boy James Sprague? I listen, I love James too. I just think he has a couple holes still that I I don't know. Like he was he's that one for me that like he could be I don't know. I just I just had to put him down here. I, I would have loved to put him higher, guys. I do love him. Yeah, I you'd be surprised. Um spreadsheet while we're talking so that I can kind of reference it. Uh, I was surprised at how low some of the, the people came that I thought would be higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and uh, so James ranked, if you would have put all the scores together, he ranked 26th in the world. Jamie moved him down a little bit, but there are people below him that just made no sense to me. Right. So, and you had to move those. You just, there's a couple of those you had to move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I get why she did it, even though I didn't move him down as far as she did. I did like Bronislaw. I love Bronislaw, but my gosh, like the numbers just don't support him being higher. Mm-hmm. And, I, and Jake, Doug, like, like I'm a big dude, right? I like the big lifters, the power movers. But I just have a feeling that we're going to kind of shy away from that at the games because it's been so heavy leading up to. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
I'd like to see Jack Farlow finish higher too, but I, he's one for me that like, I need to see him. Like he didn't do as well as I thought he would do at rogue. And so like, I just need more exposure from him. Yeah. He's got a lot going on in his life, but he's still going to college. He's, you know, got a girlfriend that is yeah. dealing with a when, lot. You know, one of my big storylines that I wanted to like run was fittest couple. And so we've got, Ellie and Justin and and him and Emma and you've got Emma Tall and David Trunky and if um if Maddie would have made it we would have had um Maddie and Jay Crouch so they're like the honorable mention but like I'm just curious where these people wind up with like their total points with their couple. All right, so we will move up to twenty thirty. So I know Jamie's going to take flack on this one. 30th place, Colton Mertens. 29th, David Shrunky. 28, Bailey Martin. 27, Bron Linkowitz. 26, Spencer Pancheck. 25, Alex Vino. 24, Chandler Smith. 23, Luke Parker. 22, Aldis Upenix. And 28, Jay Crouch. Mine goes 30th is Aldis Upenix. 29th, David Shrunky. 28th, James Sprague. 27th, Colton Mertens, 26th, Jay Crouch, 25th, Chandler Smith, 24th, Moritz Fiebig, 23rd, Jack Farlow, 22nd, Cole Sager, and 21, Heinrich Hypelainen. The only one I felt, I, so I think I had a hard time with Heinrich. Yeah, I'm surprised you have him here, honestly. Where to put him. Yeah. Um, but I looked at the overall like score, which kind of surprised me. And he actually finished 19th. If you combine all the scores, even though he took second in Europe, mm-hmm. um, that just, it, um, it kind of threw things off for me. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth says Luke and Colton at the bottom half hurts me. What I will tell you, um, Kenneth is one. I don't have Luke in the bottom half. Only one of us does. Second, Colton has yet to make the cut at the games. He has yet to make the top 30. We both have him making the cut. That would be a huge, huge improvement for Colton. That's the first thing he's got to take to keep moving up. So, Bruce, I, you, if you heard me, I did not base it all on scores of the field. That is how my original sort was, and then I moved things around. I know there are other variables to this. Um, and one thing that I really looked at, because the games are different, is the, the highest place finish and the lowest place finish, because I want to see consistency, mm-hmm. right? Year after year, the people that keep winning are people who are consistent. Um, and that's, so I really, I put a lot of weight into average place of finish and the highest and lowest place of where they finished and what that gap was. So, um, and Kenneth says he almost picked the same spot for Chandler. Chandler hasn't been here in a while. You know, he had a wrist injury at one point during the season I, I can't move him up further when you look at the field that uh, they have to go up against. Do you have any thoughts here, Jamie, before we move on? Do you want to answer for your Luke Parker? 
pick. No, I. It's his rookie year too. Like I, you don't, we don't know how he's going to be on the big stage. I, I'm just saying I don't have them in the bottom half. I'm surprised, honestly. I will be very curious between your Cole Sager pick and my Luke Parker pick where those two fall. I think that's going to be. So I will say why I have Cole Sager in the bottom half. And, you know, I think he's, my mother thinks he's a distant cousin of ours. Right. So it's family that I'm putting in the bottom half. What I, yeah. what I think about Cole is Ben Bergeron did him dirty. You think he's going to be too stressed out going into this? I think it's just he's going to have to answer a lot of questions about what Ben did. Right? It's not going to yeah. be about him in the weekend. It's going to be about what his future is. Um, yeah. And that's a big flip of the switch and things that he has to deal with he wouldn't have to deal with if Ben did do that. Yeah. So in a way, I'm defending my family. So. Fair. So yeah. So all right. Um, I think it gets more interesting as we get towards the top, anyway, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So here we go for eleven to twenty. And that is twenty for Jamie. Will Morad. Man, no respect. Cole Sager, 19th. Moritz Feebig, 18th. Yella Hosta, we got to talk here. 17th. BKG, 16th. Noah Olson, 15th. Yona Koski, 14th. Nick Matthew, 13th. Cole Greasaber, 12th. And Heinrich Heipelainen, 11th. You have 11 places, 10 places higher than me. I know. For me, 20 is Alex Vino, 19, Yona Koski, 18, Luke Parker. 17, Noah Olson, 16, Spencer Panchik, 15, Will Morad, 14, Cole Greasaber, 13, Nick Matthew, 12, Sam Cornier, and 11, Lazar Jukic. So, I'll let you go first. Yella breaks my heart. I, like, this is the one where if I had been last week on the girls, I would have just voted with my heart and moved him up, but, like, I don't know. Oh, like, just don't know enough about this guy to risk a big pick. Yeah. I'll talk about him when we get to the next page. Okay. Okay. You had Cole at 19. I had him at like what, 21? Yeah. So that, that's not that far off between the two of us. Um, a lot of the, I had Spencer Panchik way higher than you did. Mm-hmm. The Panchicks always do better at the games than they do it at semifinals or regionals. And it's just a bias I have that they always seem to do better when you get to the games. I don't know if Spencer has what Saxon and Scott have had in the past. And that's why I don't have him in the top 10. But I do think, I do believe in him enough to be in the top 16. Um, the Sam Cornwyer. Train, I am on it, Kenneth. Um, but he he just hasn't had a solid enough season for me to back it into the top ten yet. Um, he got hurt at Wadapalooza. He didn't have the performance that I think he should have had in in semifinals. Um, and I love Sam. Sam has been a long time 
friend of the show. We had him on way back in the day before he went team mayhem and all that stuff. Um, I love the dude. I just, I'm just not convinced yet. He is, he is there for it. I, yeah, I, I'm a little questioning my pick for Sam. So, and it's not even that much higher than yours. Uh, Ken, I have Noah at 15. You know, that's a, I think just, you know, the old saying in sports is if you talk about retirement, you're already retired. Yeah. And so that's why I couldn't put him up any higher than this. Yeah. But the dude is fit. Like just his fitness is going to make him top 20 in my opinion. Right. So. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, your some... audio went out for me too there. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it was just like you like said something and you were like we're out for I don't know, three, four words, and then you came in clear as day. It was really strange. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so I, I would say Sam surprised me. Like I probably, without looking at the list, would have told you I would have had him into my top 10. I would, <laughs> I would, I would have had Lazar in my top 10. But when you look at the people I have in my top 10, again, Lazar hasn't had a healthy year right? He had one good semi and I just, it's not enough to get me into, uh, get him into the top 10. And Cole, Cole Greasaber is such a freaking flat. Like I have no idea where to put him. I know. He has had an unreal off season mm-hmm. for a kid, his age coming off this, the games he had last year, I would have thought, man, he would struggle to make it. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's like blowing it up this offseason. But is that an that's not games? Like Wadapalooza is not the games. Semifinals no. is not the games. And I, I just don't know where to put him. And I would have I would have thought Nick Matthew would have moved up my board, but I can't put him above the people above him. Yep. So yeah, that's though that's kind of my thought process. <sighs> And then we got to go to our one through 10, which our top five is so freaking similar. We only have one thing different, and it's a flip-flop. One spot. And here you go. So, Jamie has 10, Sam Cornway, 9, Brent Fakowski, 8, Lazar Jukic, Seven, Jason Hopper. Six, Dallin Pepper. Five, Sam Quant. Four, Roman Krennikov. Three, Justin Medeiros. Two, Pat Vellner. One, Jeff Adler. Scott has 10, Jason Hopper. Nine, BKG. Eight, Yella Hosta. Seven, Dallin Pepper. Six, Brent Fikowski. Five, Sam Quant. Four, Justin Medeiros. Three, Roman Krennikov. Two, Pat Vellner. One, Jeff Adler. We both have Jeff Adler and Pat Fellner, one, two, and we did not talk at all. And I mean, if I was voting with my heart, I would have put Fellner number one. Um, I just, I don't know. He always has that mishap, so I just don't know if he can do it. And I'm 
I'm trying to somewhat vote with my gut in my mind. Um, yeah, I think I think Jeff is so well rounded. He has he has gotten so freaking good, and I think people forget how dominant he was in the East in a very stacked semifinal because it was the first week. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to get just a question. I know. I have him off the podium. You have him with the bronze medal. Uh, yeah. You coming into this morning, I did not have Justin in that spot. I had Justin ninth, and I said, oh. and I texted, I texted Jamie, and I said, "That's being disrespectful." You said irresponsible, and yeah. I agreed. <laughs> that is being irresponsible. Yes, it was. I. Ever since the games last year, he has been making mistakes in competitions. Rogue, he made some major mistakes. Semifinals, he did not have the consistent Justin Medeiros competition that you would expect. And when I look at the gap in his finishes, it was much greater than Jeff Adler and Pat Vellner. And to me, if they're going to out-consistent him, then he can't catch them. Yeah. Again, I moved him up to fourth. I actually moved him up to third. And then I said to myself, Roman is too good of a games-type competitor to keep him off the podium. So I bumped Roman over Justin at the very end. Or we might have had the same top five exactly. Yeah, that would have been crazy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, now. Oh, that's funny. You got to post that up and read it. <laughs> Scott needs to join our ACR leaderboard. Is that Elise? That yes. <laughs> I might actually beat someone. I will have you know, Kenneth, that in my picks over this last offseason, I have been almost dead on a few times. Like, I watch a lot of CrossFit. A lot. My only, my only issue that I get to at this point is sometimes I put too much weight on semifinals. And I tried not to do that. Tried not to do yeah. that. So, I, I truly believe in my heart that Jeff Adler is going to win. I think he is the most complete, well-rounded athlete in the sport right now. I think he is more consistent and he is more, he has that like level-headed approach to things. Like I just, I think he's in his own. Some of the crazy picks that you may say are crazy in this top 10 are Yellow Hosta. Yellow Hosta won three events in Europe. If you start winning events at the games, you're going to finish in the top 10. And he has that home run capability. I'm not saying that he has a shot at podiuming. I just know that he's going to hit a handful of workouts out of the park and those alone are going to give him enough points to be in the top 10. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think Dallin Pepper is a year away 
from blowing this joint up. Yeah, he's someone I think I put a little bit of like heart vote into this one. And um, I always want to see him do well. Sometimes he doesn't quite deliver there, but um, I I think he's got a. I mean, they've got a good thing going there in that training camp, and I'm excited to see it pay off for him. And Sam Quant, in all years not at Comp Train, has done really, really well. Yeah, um, and he looks good at semi. So if he stays, if that guy stays healthy, he's he's always a force to be reckoned with. Lazar, Lazar. If he's healthy, he's going to be in the top 10. I just, I, I just can't bet on four straight days of health with Lazar, with the way he's last season and a half has gone. I, I can't bank on that. BKG started way down on my list, and I was like, that's another one where I was like, it is irresponsible not to have BKG in the top 10. They, Yana and BKG both were very hard for me to place. I mean, they didn't, they, they don't come out all that high on the, I mean, and yes, the semis shouldn't matter so much, but you know, Yana had a little bit of the shoulder injury going on. Is that going to persist? Is that going to go away? Is it going to persist? Yeah. I think like to me, Yona is a, is a 10 to 20 guy now. That's, that's just who he is. Yeah. Um, and to me, BKG is a top 10 guy till he proves he's not like, he just has not proven to me that he will not finish in the top 10. Well, I mean, but he, he did worse than Yona at semis. Semis. Yeah, I know. You're the one who puts the weight on semis. So, oh, you broke up. Nope, nothing. That's very choppy. <laughs> oh no. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah. So I told you I tried very hard not to put weight on semis this year. Yeah. So that is why. That is why BKG moved way up for me because I didn't want to put too much weight on semis. And that's why Roman moved way up. If I would have went with semis, I would have moved him down. I know. So I, yeah, he's, I don't know. I don't know about Roman. He's got the engine. He's strong. It, it's all the odd. Goofy yeah. Good at. He's a pretty good swimmer. He's, you know, like if there's a machine, he's going to kill it. Yeah. It's just, like he's going to have his events. So, so that is our final list. At some point over the holiday weekend, I will um, put that out. How close are we to Canada? Uh, I'm pretty far ish. I can get to Canada in an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm pretty close. Five out, four and a half hours for me. Because I'm hard. pretty darn close. So yeah, that's probably why you get the Canada love from me. Yeah. Okay. 
So, what else do we got to talk about this week? Um, oh, Dave in oh. Columbus. Yeah, so Dave here in Columbus. Um, I just wanted to get your impressions because I haven't got a chance to talk to you since his weekend review last week, where he said, I'm running the games again, where I'm comfortable. Did you go back and listen? Because we talked. Yeah. Brief- he said, I'm running the game where I'm comfortable. It gave me a little more indication that he's going to be a lot more hands-on than maybe we initially talked about a week ago, Wednesday. Um, what are your impressions of what you heard? Yeah, that's that's what I get. Like the things that we talked about and how we were hoping he's over, overseeing the testing and making sure the flow of the workout makes sense. There's not going to be a mishap there. Like the story is told on the field. Like I think he's, I think that's what we're getting out of this and he's going to be involved in that and it's going to make, he's going to make sure it runs smooth. So, I mean, that's reassuring to hear for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. So I'm, I'm confident that like, all of that little stuff is going to be fixed for sure. Um, then I listened to Patty V on uh, Coffee Pods and Wads today with Pedro. I missed that. And he talked from a PFAA perspective um, where he said that, because Pedro asked him outright, there are people anecdotally talking about how Um, how there is, there is this, he didn't say it this way, but this culture of fear that sometimes people talk about with Dave, did anybody come to the PFAA with those concerns after this was named? And Pat said that nobody came to them directly, but he does know that that does exist out there, whether it's perceived or real he does know that there are athletes that believe that. Okay. Um, and you could tell, you you could tell in the way he answered some of the questions that the PFAA was hoping for a change, change, not just a recycled change. But he did say that when they went back and looked at stuff that David did, a lot of the Um, little issues that they've been um, complaining about over the last two seasons did not occur under his watch. Okay. So he was being very political in the way he was talking about it. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't like this overwhelming enforcement of Dave. Um, But he said at the end of the thing that I'm going to go into this with um, what was it? High hopes and low expectations. Yeah. So, and you know, you know, Pat's going to speak his mind. Yeah. So, uh, Pat was not at the ranch when they ran the course twice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and that, uh, Kenneth said, cause they made him run the course twice in 2020. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that. 
I, I do think it's a different Dave. I think we're going to be fine. Um, I think it's going to be tightened up, which it needs to be tightened up. Um, and Pat said that, that he believes that all of those, like the big major concern, I know Brent expressed to us on our show, Pat to Pedro, is that last year, that, like in the um, shoulder to overhead event with the runs, people had different oh. distances to cover. Mm-hmm. That never happened on Dave's watch. Agreed. Um, so though that was one example he gave. And that happened like six times at the games last year where people yeah. had to cover different distances. Um, and he, they said that like never happened under Dave. Unless it was a mass start of a long event. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of the PFA, I'll skip to that. Um, they put out this really cool thing that I wanted to talk about, and that is the um, guide for rookies. Did you see this? I did not. So this is the Instagram version. There is like a full booklet version on their website. And basically it is everything that you need to know as a rookie, like enjoy check-in. It's not a part of the games. It's not a part of the process. Just enjoy your time there. Um, plan for training that you will not be able to work out at the facility. If you get there early, you will have to find a local gym, um, and do that ahead of time. And then they give like in the booklet, they give them like a link to maps and all of that kind of stuff. Then, um, know what to wear. You must wear your no bull competition apparel at all times. Um, not just on the competition floor. And the only exception is shoes. Um, prepare your equipment. Uh, you won't be provided belts and grips and all that stuff. Make sure you have all of that your own and to tape over logos. If it's not one of the official partners of, um, and do that ahead of time. So you're not scrambling at the event. Um, keep track of your stuff. Everybody's gear looks the same. They said, just like in a luggage at an airport, mark, mark your stuff up. So you know where it is. So you can find your food fast because a lot of times you don't have a ton of time. Um, expect long days. Uh, in the book, it talked about like you could go 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, so make sure you pack tons of food, tons of stuff to get you through the day because it can be super long. And then finally, ask for help. Uh, the event staff are helpful. They are color coordinated in T-shirts so you know like which one to get to and all that. But I thought it was a pretty cool uh, little thing that they do for rookies. Um, and they're planning on doing these things. Uh, and Pat even said, and can you still hear me, Jamie? Because my internet is, is showing low. No, you're um, good. So you're- but, um, but anyway, I, they're planning on doing more of these things for, like he even said, like taxes. Like how to handle taxes for your winnings and stuff like that that um, a lot of athletes don't even think about. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, we've got someone from Brazil joining us. Alberto Feltasa. Hopefully, I didn't butcher your name. Fitasa. Fitosa? I've got no idea. Awesome. That's so cool. Uh, so, the next thing I had on my list uh, was that, and, and Spin talked about it last night on their, and their CrossFit show as well. And that is all of the things that are coming out 
on Instagram of people doing these new movements. And, and the question I have for you is, and what I mean, I'm going to pull up our friend Chelsea Nicholas, who did rope muscle-ups um, on her Instagram, just in, as, as an example, as one of them. So, uh, a couple buttons, here we go. So, all these people are doing like rope muscle-ups, and they're doing um, the freestanding, handstand, push-ups, uh, and then what would, there was another one too, that's been happening a lot lately. Uh, the, the L sit, to, to press out, I guess it's the parallax. Do you think when they go into these testing environments that there are leaks? Absolutely. Well, thank you. I pronounced the name well. I got, I don't want to say it again because I don't want to butcher it now. But <laughs> Good job. But awesome. So um, I think that it is inevitable when you use as many people as they use to test these things that they're going to talk. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, what's the old saying? If you want uh, someone to talk about, if you want a CrossFitter to talk, just have them talk about CrossFit. Yeah. Right. Um, so of all the things you've seen out there, what do you think most realistically will show up at the games? I mean, they, what did he, did he had them do the press to handstand last year, didn't they? Only if you made it to the last round of that. Right. So I think that it, that's highly likely that they're going to see that in its own format. Like, no, none of this, like, chip, like, work your – I don't think it'll be in a disqualification round where only some people can do it. I think it's going to be in its own workout, so everybody has to do it this year. Um, I think that was a big miss on that workout last year, um, and I think that's something he wanted to test. So I think we're absolutely going to see that. Um, this rope thing, I don't know, they're just getting cute with the logs from Rogue, and this is just silly. I, I well, if it's a high volume of that, like, you're going to get rope burn on stomachs bad. Like, what else you do this just for, like, 30 seconds? She's got a bright red mark already on her abs. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I might have to try this next week, and See what they feel like. Uh, freestanding hands. Do you think that that's gimmicky or going to happen? That's how how's that any different than the one they did two years ago, where they walked forward and did the freestanding hands push up? I feel like well, we've seen these. So, yeah, but it was kind of a disaster. It was a disaster. I, do they think they're fixing things that they like? I feel like if you're going to do it at this point explain what you want so that all the athletes and definitely the judges should already know exactly what the standards are going to be for this so that there is no question like there was two years ago. Cause that, that was silly. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the very and that, there's another spot where things are going to leak though. When you talk to judges early, which you need to do. Mm -hmm. leak. So you better be ready to announce the event. If you're going yeah. to talk to about it yeah just announce it 
we've all said that. Oh, it makes things look better. It's going to make it more appealing to the masses if we look like we know what we're doing. So just release it so that everyone's on the same page. Yeah, I agree. Um, so a couple quick things uh, I want to just put out to you uh, really quick, uh, the audience. Um, one, bringing back the music show. It's going to happen Monday night. Uh, bringing my girl Elise on. And we are going to do top five songs about America. Oh, awesome. For the 4th of July. Yeah. Then I want, I'm going to bring CrossFit celebrities on to do it, but I want to bring more audience members on to do the music show. And at some point, I guess I'm going to have to do one with you, Jamie, and top five Morgan Wallen. Wallen. Yeah, Wallen. Songs. Um, I think he's playing in Grand Rapids tonight, and I'm having serious regrets for not going. Yeah, and just so people know, Jamie made me subjected me to uh, Morgan Wallen on the road. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, a couple shows next week already booked. David Shrunky on Monday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Hannah Black, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. This one I'm super excited for. Cooper Marsh. The Agent Extraordinaire, Thursday at noon. And then we have Rebecca Fuselet coming on next Monday. So two Mondays from now at 10 a.m. I know that's Savon time, but she's coming on to talk about what she learned this year at semifinals, what she has to do to get better um, moving forward. And if you've never seen Cooper on a show, like Cooper is a great storyteller. Him and Jake Marconi were best friends, our best friends. And they started a business together. And if you've never heard the donut shop story, you've got to go back to the episode we had Cooper on. And or Jake, they both tell the story. There are slight differences in the way that story is told. Uh, but it is freaking hilarious. But Cooper has just signed Hannah Black, has just signed Abby Donut. Does not shock me at all. Yeah. Um, he is quick to see things and quick to act once he sees those. And the question that I want to ask him is, and this is where I'm going to geek out business-wise, is I want to know when, when is the right time in the season to make business deals? And when is the right time in the season to sign athletes? Because I think it's probably two different times. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see what he says about that. The other thing I want to throw out there, if you guys have any ideas of who you want on the show, I book all the guests for this show right now. All of them. And there are days where I just like my head, it's hard to wrap around like who to have on the show. Because what I may think is a great story or a thing that I want to um, see may not be what you, the audience, wants to see. So if there's anybody you would like to see on this show, please, please send them my way, either in the comments on this video 
or in a DM on Instagram or smoke signal or whatever you have to do. Um, if I just have names, I'll go for it. I'll go for whatever um, you guys want. The worst I can say is no, right? I've been told no before. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking about doing, and it's all based on your feedback on this, is I've been talking to somebody and actually a couple people, and they asked me about reading the Bible. And so what I've done is I've done it twice. I've read the Bible in a year twice. Um, I use an app to do it where it breaks it down to do a little bit each day over a year. Um, what I will say is I'm willing to, I want to do it again. I think God is calling me to do it again. Um, and I'd like to do it with some people where we can talk about it as we go. So my thought is if anybody wants to do it, I could do a Sunday show and we can recap the week that was that we read um, a little bit and things that we found interesting, things like that. What I'll do is Sunday, I'll have a show uh, talking about what it'll look like. Um, I'll do that Sunday night because I have to go to Pittsburgh to be with my daughter Saturday into Sunday. And I'll get back that night. I'll get on here, talk about what it'll look like. And then I'll show you the app. I'll show you the translation I use. Um, which is very easy to understand. And then we'll go through it if that's what people want to do. If not, I'll just do it on my own and that's fine. Um, but, I, but I feel like God's calling me to talk about my faith more on air and I'm willing to do that every Sunday moving forward uh, for a little Bible read time. And if you're interested, again, comments, DM, and or show up Sunday night and let me know that you're interested in that. And then... That's all I have on the agenda. Do we want to recap the women really quick for the audio listeners last week? Do you have time to do that? Yep. Okay. We're at an hour 13. So I just don't want to go too long. So I'm removing the men right now. And then I will add the women. So we will just read through the, uh, we did this last week. So, this will be fast. Um, I think this, there we go. So there is women 31 through 40. Um, here we go. Jamie, 40th. Shahad Budebs, 39. Alexia Williams, 38. Michelle Baznet, 37. Paige Semenza, 36. Victoria Campos, 60, 35. Sihar Kaya, 34. Emily DeRoy, De, is that right? De, the wall, Roy. Uh, 33, Caroline Stanley. 32, Jamie Simmons. 31, Rebecca Vittison. 40, for me, Shahad Budebs. 39, Alexia Williams. 38, Rebecca Vittison. 37, Victoria Campos. 36, Michelle Baznet. 35, Caroline Stanley. 34, Sahir Kaya. 33, Emily DeRoy. 32, Sydney Wells. 31, Jamie Simmons. And we'll just keep these moving. I think that's right. Yeah, 21 to 30. So Jamie has 30, Abby Domit, 29, Ella Vunger, 28, Shelby Neal, 27, Kelly Baker, 26, Elisa Fuliano, 25, Fee Sagafi, 24, Bethany Flores, 23, Sydney Wells, 22, Bailey Rail, and 21, Olivia Kerstetter. 
I had 30 Paige Semenza, 29 Bailey Rail, 28 Ella Vunger, 27 Eliano, 26 Olivia Kerstetter, 25 Abby Domit, 24 Fee Sagafi, 23 Kelly Baker, 22 Men and Anganese, and 21 Shelby Neal. Then I go one more. Here we go, 11 through 20. Jamie had 20, Man and Anganese, 19, Emma McQuaid, 18, Emma Tall, 17, Matilde Garness, Matilde Garness, 16, Ellie Turner, 15, Karen Freyova, 14, Katrin David's daughter, 13, Emily Rolf, 12, Christine Kohlenbrander, and 11, Amanda Barnhart. I had 20, Emma Tall, 19, Ellie Turner, 18, Matilde, Matilde Garness, 17, Bethany Flores, 16, Christine Kohlenbrander, 15, Emma McQuaid, 14, Karen Freyova, 13, Emily Rolf, 12, Paige Powers, 11, Katrin David's daughter. I do want to address one thing. I did get a comment asking me why I didn't like Katrin David's daughter. And I do you want, want me to answer that. that? <laughs> I put her lower than you. I know. Well, I actually said on the show that I was not a fan of Katrin David's daughter. So I got a question back to me. Why do you, are you not a fan of Katrin David's daughter? And I will say that I am, I am a guy who does not generally root for the front runner. Right. So I, I was not a Matt Fraser fan. I was not a Tia Toomey fan. I am not, I, I, I was a rich fan. I was a Ben fan. Um, but generally I don't, I root for the underdogs. Right. And so to me, I, from, and I was a Sarah Sigmund's daughter, like big fan. And so I think when, when Katrin was in her heyday, Sarah was my girl. Like I wanted Sarah to win and Sarah took third, the two years Katrin won. And I wanted Sarah to win. So that is, um, that is my answer. And generally, overall, in sports in general, I don't like the front runner, the team ranked number one. I want the upset. I want all of that to happen. <laughs> and probably why I'm not a Justin Medeiros fan. So if you would like to answer that as well, ma'am, since you had her lower than me. I don't like the way she moves in a lot of things. So I'm, I'm actually hopeful that Matt is like correcting some of that and she'll move better, but that's probably wishful thinking. I will say, I will say she looked great at semifinals. She did. Um, so Matt has had an impact for sure. But again, that, and she's, when she gets to the game, she's always good. Like, my bet is she's going to finish a little bit higher than where, even where I have her. Because if she makes it to the game, she's going to have those events she does really well at. Yeah. All right. So let's finish it out with our top tens. Um, and then I, I do have one other thing I want to ask you about. And that is, oh, here we go. So you had 
10, Paige Powers, 9, Ariel Lowen, 8, Alexis Raptus, 7, Gabby Magawa, 6, Emma Carey, 5, Alex Kazan, 4, Danielle Brandon, 3, Annie Thor's daughter, 2, Laura Horvath, and 1, Emma Lawson. You and Carolyn Prevo have Emma Lawson at number one, if I remember correct. I Does have Carolyn 10. have her too? She backed you last week. Yeah, I had 10, Gabby Magawa, 9, Alex Kazan, 8, Ariel Lowen, 7, Amanda Barnhart, 6, Alexis Raptus, 5, Emma Lawson, 4, Danielle Brandon, 3, Annie Thor's daughter, 2, Emma Carey, and 1, Laura Horvath. So, um, yeah, Kenneth, I think you're, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Katrin has looked human the last couple of years. Now she's looking superhuman again. She is, and it's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, not a single one of my teams is from Ohio, just so you know. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I am a proud Pennsylvanian. Uh, go Pirates, go Penguins. And then for some reason, I left the Steelers and went with the Bears. So there you go. Um, and Penn State. Penn State, not Ohio State. Hate Ohio State. Hate, hate Ohio State. So here we go. Um, so that is that. The last thing I want to um, talk to you about is um, Mal's been posting again. And a lot about life balance, right? And that if she's going to do something, it's going to be for her. Um, and I am a big believer in what James Townsend said on the Savant Show about I care about her. I want her to be healthy. I want her to do whatever it takes for her to live um, a happy life. And you're right, Bruce. Haley has been posting as well. Haley was in Pasadena. Yeah, she and, was. Mm -hmm. So it's, and um, I heard Rich talking to her in something. Uh, either it was a podcast, probably the podcast, or maybe it's Train with Rich. I don't know. One of those videos I was watching, he was talking to her and she was off camera. Um, so anyway, they've both been posting. I Like if they never CrossFit again, but they live a happy life the rest of their lives, I'm cool with that. Like they need, I have a 21-year-old daughter. Her happiness is the most important thing in the world to me. Not mm -hmm. what she's doing for a living or anything like that. So I, I want them to be happy, healthy, and be able to live a great life the rest of their lives. But what I did notice is both of them posted pictures, both of them working out, not saying they're competing. And Mal posted the picture. One, one of the pictures I did not even recognize her. Yeah. I don't yeah. ever seen her hair down. Two, she's posting pictures with Sammy and Matt around a campfire. Like, it looks like even though she's taking a step back, those are still important people in her life. But she has to realize what balance is. And I hope she finds it. I hope that both her and Haley posting are signs that they're understanding what they need, what they want, who they want it for. And it doesn't have to be CrossFit. And I don't care if it's CrossFit. Like, I just want them to be happy. 
yeah. as a father, yeah. I just want them to figure it out um, and be able to have happy, fulfilled lives. Um, so I wanted to get your impressions because you're a mother. Mm-hmm. And, um, and your impressions of all that. I, yeah, I mean, ultimately they're, them being happy is the the ultimate goal but i i don't see either of them i personally don't see either of them being happy without crossfit if that makes sense i mean that that shouldn't define them but i think in a way it does and i think that's why you're seeing them already working out again and it, maybe they figured out the reason why and maybe they're going to have a different intention behind their training. Um, but I just, I don't see them stepping away from the sport. When it could be as simple as when you start something at 14, you, you don't know why you, you started it. Right. Then both of them hit the scene so fast. There was no time. They never had an off season to just like, take two months to do nothing. Um, maybe that's just what they needed. They needed to just take a step back and make sure that this is the life they want to lead. Mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, they found that. Yeah. So, uh, Kenneth says, breaks from the game seem to have been going well for the athletes recently. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe Emma Carey having a back injury may have been the best thing to happen to her. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Annie took a year off for pregnancy and came back amazing. As mm-hmm. it was right before the pregnancy, I would say. We're, now we're not yeah. talking about leaps and bounds because there was only so far to go but it's hard to it's hard to be that good at something that quickly and not it not kind of define your be worth like without them like really stepping away and going and doing something else and figuring out something else they're passionate or good at it's kind of, it really is going to define them. That's just, when you're that good at something, you typically do love it. I mean, it, people like to excel at things. And when you're good at it, you're, that's what you're going to put pour your heart and soul into. Emma Bailey says, Haley has had quite some time off now, but for Mal, it seems so random. And again, like, you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? So you don't know, it may have only taken a short amount of time and maybe she's just enjoying like just a little bit of time with no pressure. And, and that's cool. Like we all, we all deal with things in different ways, different speeds. Uh, Bruce loves your shirt. It is. That is a Vindicate shirt. Correct? It is. Correct. It's perfect for the 4th of July. Um, and then Bruce says, I loved your post today. Great job, brother. Sometimes like you just have to do those kind of posts to understand what you've done. 
because I beat myself up a lot. Um, and actually, I have to give a shout out to Dan Church, uh, who qualified for the Masters Fitness Championships. Uh, he's been a listener for a long time. He's the one that said, please, you need to do another one. Um, and so that's, that's actually what prompted it. It wasn't me saying, hey, I need to do a before and after. Dan reached out to me and said, hey, I think you, you will see a huge difference if you post one. Um, because he just saw like a selfie I posted and said, dude, you got to do another one. Um, and so I thank, uh, I thank Dan for that because um, he's, he's a really cool guy. And he has a huge weight loss story in his own right. Um, and that is now competing at the Masters Fitness Championships. Uh, this will be his third straight year, I believe. Awesome. So with that, it's been a long show. My gosh, we're getting into Sevon range now. <laughs> uh, but guys, thank you so much. You guys are the best. Love the feedback we get during these shows. Uh, we will talk to you all next time, next week. And if you guys have um, anybody you want us to spotlight in the community, please shoot us a message or a competition that's going on. I know in two weeks we have a competition to focus on that Jamie is competing at, correct? The Fresh Coast? Or was it? Yep. We need to, yeah, I need to get with the, the guy that runs that and decide if we're going to have him on. Okay. Oh, gosh. I'm going to recap of the show. Okay. All right. So if you guys have any ideas for uh, uh, something you want to spotlight in the community, we're all look for a competition going on next weekend um, and try to highlight them or we'll find something. But I love that we do that. Thank you to Helen Taylor for sharing tonight. That was such a cool story and has me motivated to help out in any way I can. So with that, thank you for tuning in. Thank you as always for being here. We will see everybody next week on the Thursday night CrossFit. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C4Energy.com. That's C4Energy.com. And now back to the interview. <laughs>